Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5, Term 1. This is lesson number 4. What I might do is go back to the Full Life Study Bible, that really big quote <laughs> that we finished with, where it says again, In coming to earth, Jesus, or Jesus' purpose, was to destroy the works of the devil. That is a key thing. His whole purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Also, to give us that same power. So this is something that we need to understand, that we are to carry out His purpose. Amen? That we are to be His hands and His feet. We are to be the people that continue the work that He began. Again, this was something that the early church understood, but then later on the denominational church, so to speak, if I could say that, took away. <coughs> because once again, they... They put so much prominence on you know, the early apostles and made so much of them. And you know, don't get me wrong, you know, they were extraordinary individuals. Uh, and they, they gave up literally their lives, most of them, uh, for what they believed. Amen? So I think that is extraordinary and, and that's, that, you know, we do need to acknowledge that. But at the same time, we, we should never get to the place where somebody is you know, so far... Let me just share this very quickly with you. One of the things um, when I was doing a, a series on leadership was that they said just make sure that you are letting people know that you are like them, right? That they can do what you can do. That, you know, in God's eyes, and this was a Christian thing, that in God's eyes we're all the same. We're all sons and daughters of God. Amen? It doesn't say ministers and servants, it says sons and daughters. Amen? And so, you know, to, all of us have that same right. And that's why even Revelation says, For you have made us kings and priests unto our God. So we are all in that kingly and priestly ministry, all of us, because we are part of Jesus Christ, because we are His body. And He is both a king and a priest. Are you all with me? Amen? That's why I said, you know, in that sense, we all have the Son. And we are all called sons, not because God doesn't, you know, uh, recognize females. It's just that He recognizes that His Son lives in males and females. And therefore, there's no distinction between them. Which is what the Apostle Paul takes so much, you know, spent so much effort in Galatians trying to bring that across to people, which people still haven't got today. Anyway, so we need to understand that Jesus' purpose, and we need to again understand that what He came to do, it, we all of us are meant to carry that same assignment while we're here. Amen? And, we, and, and not to say, oh well, that's for the ministers, because we're not ministers, because we all are. And so when we read this, and it says that, when He says again, in coming to a Jesus' purpose was to destroy the works of the devil... And it also goes to say, and set at liberty those who were oppressed by Satan and sin, we need to understand that that is our job. That is for all of us. Not only to use that information to set ourselves free, but also use it to set others free as well. Amen. And it went on to say, inherent in this purpose was the power and the authority he gave his followers to continue his battle against the forces of darkness. Can I just take a moment here and just, just focus on something here? And that is, there are forces of darkness. It is not in people's imagination. That stuff really exists. 
I think we see its greatest power when you know, we see people that have had accidents or you know, some horrific things have happened in, in people's lives. And you really see the power of darkness there. You all, you, amen? You know, as much as we think it's all the imagination, some people have lost their children and have lost, and, and kids that should never have died. And we all know they shouldn't have died. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? And all of those sort of things, you see the power of darkness. That's why Jesus had to give us something to counteract that, which is why He said, and you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And also, He said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Which means, you know, Jesus raised the dead as well. So, you know, I honestly believe that He wanted the time to come when we see something wrong, when we see the power of darkness exercised over some poor family that just lost their, you know, six-year-old or something, and we stand up and say, no, this is not happening today. Amen. And then we speak and bring that person back alive. Amen. Are you all with me? That is where, that's what God wanted us to do. That's what God's intention for us is. We're nowhere close to that. (laughs) I'm just telling you, okay? But the thing is that that's the potential that all of us have. That's what we're going to find out when we get to heaven. Best find out now. Amen? Maybe we can do something with it. Hallelujah. No point up there. Alright. This truth is verified by the following observations. And then we went through it. It is recorded that after Jesus appointed the twelve disciples, He gave them power to cast out devils. And after that, this is the part we get excited about. He also appointed the 70 and he gave them power all, over all the power of the enemy. Which tells us something. All those people that said, well, you know, it was just for the 12. It wasn't. There was more after that. There was 70 more after that. Can we count? That means there's 82 at least. You know, 12 plus 70. Okay. <laughs> I mean, all know, right, what I'm talking about. Okay. You know what's extraordinary? It included Judas. Now, before you tell me that you can't do this stuff, I want you to think about Judas. I want you to think about somebody that's going to betray Jesus, laying hands in the sick and watching them recover. Sweetheart, if, you know what you need to be? You need to say, well, if he could do it, I'm sure going to do it. <laughs> okay? That needs to be our little thing. Whenever the devil comes and says, oh yeah, but you're not like them apostles. He said, well, thank God I'm not like Judas. But you know what? Even he did this. So I'm going to do this. Amen. Okay. Second thing. The disciples were not only to go forth and preach, but also to manifest the kingdom's rule, power, and authority by doing battle against Satan. Now this is a very long sentence. Can I just stop here for a minute? Notice that we are meant to manifest the kingdom's rule, power, and authority. One of the things that we see earlier in the Gospels, and we already went past this, so we all know this now, okay, was that when John the Baptist would say, Behold, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. Remember that? Remember he used to say that? Do you know Jesus preached the same thing? He said that, you know, he would say the same thing that the kingdom of God, in fact, he says is here. As in, and is in you. He went a step further than what John did, okay? Blew everybody's mind on that one. But the thing, because they're looking for it out here, and he's saying, you're all missing the point. It's actually inside of you. Amen? And, and I know we preach some messages on that. But notice it says that we are to manifest the kingdom's 
rule. Now, what does that mean? Question is, how are things done in heaven? We have to ask the question, is there strife in heaven? No. Is there sickness in heaven? No. No disease. No lack. None of those things. That's what we are meant to see. That's one of the things that we are meant to do. Bring that back into the earth. And we are meant to be the vessels through which God does it. Which now then goes back to why the Bible says that the wealth of the sinner has been laid up for the just. Because all of that is meant to be flowing through us into them. Wouldn't it be such a powerful gospel if we were, we were able to pay for things in people's lives? And when they say, why are you doing this? Say, because this is who we are. That we understand the Bible says that Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen? Having been made a curse for us. And so if we're redeemed, then we're redeemed. All of mankind has been redeemed. See, that's the, that's the other good news that we were meant to preach. That God is not holding anything against anyone regardless. The thing is that the only thing that sends you to hell now is not God mad with you. Is you not accepting the free gift that's available to get you out of the mess that Adam put us in. See, we didn't put ourselves in that. Somebody else put us there. And so equally, somebody else died so that we can get back out. <laughs> okay? We didn't have to go die. Isn't that wonderful? So God made it that way. He said, it wasn't your fault you got into it. Now, here's a way that you can get out without you having to pay the price for it. Somebody else paid the price. Now, if you don't, you're dumb. It's like a bus that's about to go over the cliff. And there's another one right next to it saying, jump on board. That's, that's going to end badly, <laughs> okay? Somebody paid for another bus, it's right here. Just get on and we'll take you where you need to go. And isn't it sad how so many people say, no, 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 we don't want that. It's like, wow, okay. Our reason for being here is to show God's love and God's redemption to all of mankind. Whether it's sickness or disease, or whether it's finances, or whether it is peace in your home, or whether it is anything else in your life, freedom from depression, or anything else, we are meant to be the people that say, listen, a price was paid, and be able to supply a need, so that people go, why are you doing this? How are you doing this? When we give them the answer, what we were looking for is for them to go, I want that too. Isn't it easy to preach the gospel like that? Amen? You do enough of that stuff and they'll go, this is a good deal. <laughs> Where is all this coming from? And to be able to say to them, you know, you can be the same. You can be a person that supplies other people's need in time to come. Amen? That God will not only supply all of your need according to His riches in glory, but that, like, like we read in, on Sunday, that you will have all grace do abound to you. Basically, supply for everything you ever want to do to help other people. That's the kingdom's rule. <laughs> okay? What about the kingdom's power? That is raising the dead. That is healing the sick. That is casting out demons. Amen? Which is also linked to the next thing, which is the authority. Because people in this earth don't have authority over the devil. You know, all those movies you see about them going, woogie, 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 and you know, getting this thing out and getting a bit of this powder and sprinkling a bit of All of that stuff doesn't work. The devil has fun with it. He just looks at it and laughs at that. That's stupid. Do you understand? <laughs> okay. 
That's that, that is literally like, like, you know, let me give you an example. It's like your spaceship is about to crash and, and you're going, oh, well, if I can just paint a dial on this piece of paper, it'll work. That's how stupid it is. Sweetheart, painting a dial isn't going to do anything. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> okay. You know, some people insist, but all right, let's finish this off. My goodness, took half the lesson to go through this. I hope you're getting something out of this. All right. All right. So again, to manifest kingdom rule, power, and authority, now watch this by doing battle against Satan. It means that we have to make an effort. See, this goes against a lot of people's thinking. If I'm doing the right thing, everything should work out. We have this inherent belief that that's how it should work. That if we do everything right, if something goes wrong, we're upset because it shouldn't go wrong. Because we did everything right. Why is it going wrong? Can I get an amen on this? Do I get a witness? <laughs> okay, alright, you know. And when I had that little spat with God, He said, read the, you know, read the Gospels. Read Acts. They, they believed in Jesus. They healed people. And they got beaten for it. Remember? Paul and Silas, where they were? In the bottom prison? Okay, they went swearing and carrying on and going, gee, thanks a lot, God. They were praising God. And because they praised God, there was a miraculous deliverance. I mean, all kinds of amazing things happened. You all remember that story, right? See, he said, well, see there? <laughs> okay. See, all we need to understand is this. It is a fight. It is a fight, which means you're going to go through some stuff, not because God wants you to go through some stuff, but because we are in a fallen planet. We, this planet has fallen. Amen? And we are the sons of redemption. We are, we are meant to be the people that bring redemption back to this planet. And understand that all the people on this planet were made in the image and likeness of God. We had a specific purpose. And Satan came and wrecked all of that. And took people, people that were meant to be ruling and reigning and doing extraordinary things out there. Are now beating on other people. And, and, and doing things that just, you know, as, as I think <coughs> one of the apostles said, that, you know, it shouldn't even be named among us Christians. <laughs> you know? Some stuff is just so bad, it's even worse than all the sinners are doing. And these are all people made in the image and likeness of God. See, this is the revelation that I suddenly received one day. And I began to realize that this is a planet of God's creations who were meant to be like Him. So the reason that we... I'm saying all that to say this. The reason that we go through some stuff is because God is trying to redeem some of those creations back to Himself. And He's, he's trying to give them opportunity to repent. Problem is you're on the end of that stick. You know what I'm trying to say? And you're going, do they have to beat me to learn their lesson? Can I just beat them instead? You know, you know, you know hello. But see, it, God values people so much and He values you. So whatever beating you take, whatever difficulty you go through, is not without some significant reward in heaven. Do you all get that? So, you get beaten... And you're getting beaten for, you know, and you're going, God, and he's going, you ought to see what's piling up up here. <laughs> okay? You're going to come home to a pile of things that, and they won't be things that will be useless. They'll be things that you love with all of your heart. 
you just think of the very best thing you could ever have and then multiply that over and over and over again. That's what's waiting. Every time you get persecuted down here, for righteousness sake, because you do the wrong thing, but for righteousness, up there, rewards are being piled up. Amen? Amen. And God knows the desire of your heart. And He'll have stuff waiting that you just go, wow, really wow. If I knew this, I could have taken another meeting. <laughs> you know, just to get a bit more. <laughs> Amen. See how we need to think? Amen. All right. See, that makes it very hard for the devil to mess with you. And you can see now why. So much of the apostles said, bring it on. That's all you got? My sister hits harder. You know, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? Because they, was, they were just those kind of people. They realized what was waiting for them. That the more you beat on me, the more I get. The less you have, because at the end of the day, you're going to be judged for all this anyway. Hello. Amen. By the way. All right. <clears throat> so I've said it here, and here, by doing battle against Satan, casting out demons and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And Mark teaches that Jesus, after his resurrection, re-emphasized to his followers their task of preaching the gospel and their authority over Satan and his demons. Amen. I, I really like that it said his demons. Because that's who it belongs to, the devil, not God. God, is never, God will never use anything of the enemy to teach you a lesson. Amen? Alright, <clears throat> let's move on. Hallelujah. We got to the twelve. Alright. <laughs> now continuing in Mark chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. It goes in the name, the twelve apostles. Now, it is interesting to note that in the naming of the apostles, in every list... This took a lot of time, okay? <laughs> Hope you appreciate this. Alright. In every list, whether here in Mark chapter 3 or Luke chapter 6 or even Matthew chapter 10, Peter is always at the beginning. And Judas Iscariot always at the end. Isn't that interesting? Now, they'll mix it up later on, but it will always start with Peter, it will always end with Judas. Okay. Additionally, every list can be broken down into three distinct groups of four. And we find that each of these subgroups always begins with the same person, even though the name order that follows isn't always the same. Do you understand? So, so there are these little... So remember there's 12. Okay? So each group... So there are three groups, yeah? So each one always begins with the same name. Even though the middle gets a bit mixed up, it always starts with that same, same person, which is also interesting. I don't know. I think there might be something in that. I haven't quite found it. Nothing is ever there by accident. There's always something there to tell us, teach us something. All right. Briefly, the first group of four, which also happens to always contain the three names of Jesus in a circle, which is Peter, James, and John, are Simon Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Okay, I'll talk about all these in a minute. The second group of four are Philip, always listed first. Philip's always first. Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas. And the third group of four are James, the son of Alphaeus, always listed first again. Thaddeus, also known as that person, (laughs) or sometimes even Judas, the son of James. Simon, the Canaanite, or better translated, the Canaan, meaning the zealot. And finally, Judas Iscariot, who is always listed last with either the statement who also betrayed him or who also became a traitor, always following his name. 
Okay, so that's really interesting that the Gospels record that in that way. Now, turning to Mark chapter 3 and verse 16 again. So the list, the list, the list begins with Simon to whom he gave the name Peter. Okay, now that's similar to what Luke says in his parallel account in Luke chapter 6 and verse 14. Remember again that Simon Peter, as he is commonly known, was a fisherman by trade. And who, with his brother Andrew, was a disciple of John the Baptist along with the Apostle John, Jesus' first two disciples. Remember, those are the first two that followed him. Remember that? Okay. They first lived in Bethsaida, that's in John 1.44, and then later moved to Capernaum. That's in Mark 1.21 and verse 20, and also 29. Also, the name Peter, which meant rock, was given by Jesus to Simon, not because of what he was, but what he was going to be. In fact, Simon Peter was the furthest thing from being a rock, okay, when Jesus first gave him the name. See, Jesus always looked beyond who you were to what you could be. Amen? And it's, it's a very important lesson to all of us, you know, in the way we treat people, and especially, you know, um, I've found that to be true, especially for parents over kids, because you have that authority over them automatically, that always, and, and especially if you're a grandparent as well, okay, parents and grandparents, just realize that you have an authority over those kids already, and that you can use that authority for good or for evil, you know what I'm trying to say? And you can encourage them in ways that will cause them to go beyond what they ever thought they could be, and you know what? They'll become that. Whatever you start putting into them is what they'll become. Amen? Amen. Just a word of encouragement there. All right. Remember that it was he, this is Simon Peter, who went from pledging absolute loyalty to Jesus in Matthew 26, 33. I'm making the point that he was the furthest thing, okay, from what Jesus was actually causing. When he said, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. We're going to see this when we get towards the end, all right? To openly, going on to openly deny him in the very same chapter, cursing and swearing, it says, okay? And saying in Matthew chapter 26, verse 74, I swear by God, I don't know the man. So he, he said, well, everybody might deny you, but I won't. And then, you know, towards the end of the chapter, he's doing exactly that. Okay? Now, did Jesus change his name back? He didn't. <laughs> if I were Jesus, I'd say, you know what? I'm taking it back. <laughs> but you know what? Jesus always looks beyond. Hallelujah. Amen. But after the day of Pentecost, and this is when we see it. This same Peter became the rock that Jesus had believed he could be boldly proclaiming Christ to the very people who crucified him. With Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, saying, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. See, you know why they put that in there? Because it ain't the same Peter. This is not the same Peter that got scared and, and of a little girl, so to speak, and, you know, when the cock crowed three times, he had denied Jesus and all that sort of stuff. It's not the same Peter. Something has happened to him, which is why they add that little phrase in there. Because they could have just said, then Peter said to them. Why did, they, why did they not just say that? Because they want every one of us to know that if we are going to be the sort of people that we need to be in God, we need to have God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that he was filled, man. He didn't have a little bit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Notice he's talking to rulers and elders of Israel. These are people that he would shy away from normally. 
Now he's just standing up right in front of everybody and God, right in their faces, okay? He says, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, this is because they're healed, okay? By what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. See, he's just saying, you want to know what happened? You want to know? I'll tell you. This is my interpretation of it, okay? <laughs> this is Pete, all right? He says, let it be known to you all that, uh, and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, so you don't get mixed up with some other Jesus, okay? The dude from Nazareth, okay? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to whom you crucified. Whoa, Pete, man. We could have just said, who was crucified? We didn't have to point the finger. But notice the boldness. He says, whom you crucified. You know, you can see him. You know, he's one of those very expressive Italian type, you know. Okay, <laughs> alright. He says, whom you crucified. And who, so in other words, regardless of what you did, this is what God did. Okay, and he says, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands before you whole. Boy, that's not the same, Peter. Amen. <laughs> okay? And so we can take comfort in knowing that regardless of how many times we fell in, you know, in our faces, there's hope for all of us. Amen? We just need to get to the place where we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Thus I said, don't go out without him. Amen. Amen. Okay. This is who Peter would ultimately become. And the potential that Jesus saw in him long before he ever saw it in himself. Thank God God does the same with us. Amen. Amen. And not only this, but Peter went on to write the epistles of First and Second Peter and also contributed greatly to the Gospel of Mark. A lot of people believe that it was actually Peter's Gospel uh, and that Mark just wrote it for him. But we don't know. So that's why I worded it the way I did. Okay? Alright. Continuing on to Mark 3 and verse 17. It goes on to list James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he gave the name Boanerges, I think. I don't know how to say it, actually. That is, sons of thunder. <laughs> okay? Alright. So, now this is again similar to what Luke says in his parallel account. Now, like Simon Peter and Andrew, James and John were brothers. And both fishermen as well, though slightly more wealthy and influential, by the way. And according to this verse, they were given the name Sons of Thunder by Jesus because of their fiery, intense, and outspoken nature and personality. So this wasn't just a cute nickname, this is who they were. Okay, alright. This is evident in Luke chapter 9 verse 54. Where it said, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, that is, the Samaritans did not receive Jesus, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Just as Elijah did. <laughs> okay? <laughs> we'll see all this when we get to it. But he turned and rebuked them. That's not the Samaritans, that's these two guys, okay? And said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. He says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He says, dude, we can't do the exact opposite. You know, just don't get upset. We want, we're not here to kill them. Okay, we need to save him first, or they're all going to hell. Okay? Anyway, also from Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, sadly, James was the first of the twelve to be martyred and arrive in heaven. It says there, and about that time, this is in Acts 12, 1, about that time, when a believer by the name of Agabus had prophesied in church that a time of famine was on its way, 
which Josephus records as happening in six, uh, 46 AD, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. Verse 2, he had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. Now, some people think that this was James, the half-brother of Jesus, but it actually isn't. And the New Living Translation actually translates it that way. All the commentators agree on this as well, that this was, in fact, uh, uh, John's brother, uh, James. So, because there are a couple of James in the Bible, and you can get them all mixed up, yeah? So, I, I know somebody actually went and preached that this is how, you know, the Apostle James were, but that's not how he died. That was another Apostle James, okay? Not Jesus, half-brother Apostle James. All right. <clears throat> but, you know, the good news is by, while James was the first to go, his brother John was the last. You know John, right? And John was responsible for the Gospel of John, the three epistles of John, and the book of Revelation that would complete the Word of God. He was, yeah, praise God. He was referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I think that's really interesting and is the one to whom Jesus would entrust the care of his mother, saying to Mary, Woman, behold your son, and to John, behold your mother. Amen. We'll leave it there, because I have totally run out of time. I should have gone over time now. And we'll pick this up right at that spot. Is that okay? Praise God. Okay, well, let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Let's conclude for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Father. For-